0: Gas. He's Mr. Composure for the end of the game to bring a team from behind to win. You can't win anything with kids, you know, it was, I actually thought it was fantastic and I
1: don't know if you can hold back the hype. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now.
2: Off the Ball daily.
3: And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until 5. We hope you're doing okay around Ireland. And the jeopardy element of the GAA Hurling Championship continues today with two matches in particular that have a lot on them. Dublin against Wexford and Cork versus Tipperary. We'll look ahead on the Saturday panel and talk hurling in general with Taggy Fogarty, TJ Ryan and Michael Verney at about half one. Another packed weekend in football as well. Two provincial finals in the men's code. Ladies action also in Connacht. Cora Staunton will cast her expert eye over the games at about 2.35. And Football Saturday as always between 3 and 5 on the show. Show this week, David Connolly, Shane Keegan, and Johnny Ward, as we bring you all the latest Premier League scores, League of Ireland reflections, and discuss the big topics of the week. 53106 the number for your texts, folks. You want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport? If you get any questions as well for our guests during the show? You can also tweet us out off the ball. And let's start off the show, as always, with the news round Wexford's Aidan Delaney. Aidan, how are you? I'm not too bad, thanks, John. Yourself? Good. I was watching Rovers bows last night, enjoyed it on TV, thought it was a good game, and we heard a bit from the respective camps
1: afterwards yeah second half goals from Trevor Clark and Roy Gaffney saw Rovers beat Bohemians 2-0 in last night's top of the table clash in the SSE electricity premier division it leaves Stephen Bradley's side just a point now behind the league leaders and we can get some reaction from that game let's hear first from Declan Devine the Bose boss who says a lot of the decisions didn't go their way last night he was speaking to our own Ashling O'Reilly
4: disappointed that we've lost the game I think it was turning points in the game that out of our control needed to be better decisions. I think it's a stonewall penalty. I've seen it from here in real time and we just watching it back on, on a replay in the changing room there. It's it's, it's crazy. It's not given because not only is it a penalty and it brings us back into the game at one each, hopefully if it was converted excuse me, but it's uh, it's also sending off. He's directing a goal and that changes the complex of the game. I also think the first goal that they've got from a second, from a first contact, he's offside um, so it was two big turning points in the game um, I, th- I felt we deserved something from the game after opening 20 minutes I thought we really got the grip with Jack Byrne and his, his ability to pick up different positions but I thought we had good chances also Paddy Kirk goalkeeper's made a great save from Paddy Kirk just before half time Paddy's done everything right, had the target John's got a great chance when he's through one-on-one I think Declan McDade's got a chance to back post and potentially... Uh, Christian Nowak is a, a free header six yards out that we've probably got to do better with so in both boxes I think we got to get better but in hindsight looking at the game back there's two massive turning points in the match that the decisions didn't go our way
1: It was another impressive performance by Rovers forward Johnny Kenny he's been a key man in their recent resurgence uh, he also spoke to Ashling after the game
0: Obviously good to get three points uh, I think we are a better team all over um, we had chances probably me Richie had one in the first half early on We, um, but obviously we got goals in the end and happy enough, three points and we keep going
3: Yeah, got the win in the end, 2-0 so you would be happy enough with that?
0: Oh yeah, delighted obviously that's a big week Sligo, Derry and uh, obviously both tonight and it's nine points, the maximum we could get and it's brilliant, we need to keep going next week
3: You obviously came home to Ireland you were playing out with Celtic you're on loan at the minute how did you find coming back here playing with Shamrock
4: Rovers?
0: Hi, I was good. Um, I needed to get back out playing football. Obviously, didn't play in a while. Um, just didn't play for reasons in Scotland, but I'm here now and I've, since I've come in, the gaffer's been brilliant with me. He's given me the chance and I think that's my fourth start in a row and I just want to keep building on that, get a run of games and show what I'm best at.
3: Mayo's finest, Cameron Hill in studio with us as well. Uh, I was watching a bit of this, you were watching a bit of this as well. Look, it costs millions to get VAO into the League of Ireland. It's not going to happen. Uh, we just... Look, it's just unfortunate for Jonathan Abbey because it was one nil to Rovers. I think Rovers deserve to win the game, but it should have been a penalty, and
2: you never know what happens then. Absolutely, at such a crucial stage in the game, you know, as they said, minutes after Rory Gaffney goes and makes it two nil, and it puts the result beyond doubt. And there is a sense in the league this year that the officiating has been very poor. I know that De- um, Duffer has been given out about it as well, and you certainly felt even a couple of weeks ago the red card at Bose of I've been on the wrong end of a few bad decisions uh, over the last while. There was a red card against Shells and Tolka Park um, early in the season, which I don't think should have been a red. Um, it's very frustrating. Like I've, I talked last week. I think Bohemians, they're starting to have a more realistic sense of where they're going to be this season. Uh, I think they're a little bit inconsistent in their performances. There was definitely... So top? They should, they should be. Um, they are top and um it's hard not to be excited about where they are at the moment but, but when you look at the end
3: of the season you have to think Rovers will be top of the table by the end of the season they've been they by the means twice now and it's just a little bit like look people can make mistakes the whole world uh, has been governed for the last 50 60 years by refereeing decisions mm. uh it's just a, I suppose, the pattern is the, is the issue that's
2: the, the 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 concern i think so um But I think Bose will be disappointed with their performance overall last night. um, It had smacks of the UCD game um, a week ago. They just didn't take their chances when they had them. Um, There were certainly a few opportunities for them to take the initiative in that game and come away with a famous win from Tala and really, really put this title race in an interesting spot. But look, those are the margins and Shamrock Rovers have been excellent since um, that early blip earlier in the season. I can see them going all the way, but if Bohemians get to European places this year. I think they'll consider that a successful season after what was a disappointment yeah, last year.
3: Yeah, I think they probably feel that they're ahead of where they could be. As uh, so that's definitely well under Declan Divine Derry City won 1-0 away to Drogheda United and a turbulent week as well for Cork and Pat's Aiden, yeah, both yeah, manager uh, changes there.
1: It's it's really interesting as well because we didn't hear it from Declan there, but he also spoke to Ashling about those kind of managerial appointments. And you do have to realise that people's li- you know livelihoods are on the jo- on the line here. Jobs are going because you know maybe decisions aren't going your way, or you are losing games like that. So you know it does. We don't want to pile on on referees, and we've seen particularly in the GAA that a lot of people can take their their anger that bit too far, and you know put referees in danger. That's certainly not what we want. But we do want to level. Of refereeing in this country, where you know it can be the best that it can be, and make sure that the decisions go the right way. Like you say, Bohemians have been on the the end of some bad decisions. Shelburne have been on the end of bad decisions. You know, it's not like any one club is being favoured here, but you know there are livelihoods on the line here. And um, you know, it looked like a good game last night between Cork and St. Pat's, but there's two men out of the job now, and you know, it'll be interesting to see who steps in. Yeah, I think uh, Colin Healy stepped away. But yeah, Pats winning 3-2 away to Cork. Shelburne beating UCD by a goal
3: to nil. Um... Cameron you've got to admit uh, well I suppose I'm a Spurs fan so like, what, what's, what's how, what, you know, worse than that yeah, so you're a Leeds you're, John you're, yeah you're a Leeds United supporter so um, I think it was a classic diversion tactic from Sam Allardyce this week oh stuff
2: with the, his press conference it was like one of
3: these red capes Matador stuff yeah absolutely Sam Allardyce he's got three games by the way to save Leeds because he's not going to win today
2: well exactly I, I really unless you know we were talking about it during the week in the office that it would be such a big Sam move to hold City and turn the title race completely on its head um, but yeah Big Sam the last refuge of a scoundrel I guess um, it really is hitting the panic button that Leeds also got rid of metaphorically obviously yeah uh, Le- Leeds also got rid of sporting director Victor Orta and uh, among Leeds circles this is certainly an un-Victor Orta like appointment he's very much a long term whereas they're now going look we need to stay up and because uh, relegation is so they're putative, leaving very
3: late and, uh, they're leaving very late they uh, are
2: they are and it's going to be very defensive so football. obviously Gracia wasn't the right decision no he wasn't a motivator I've been listening to Phil Hay um, over the week and they said he's not the man to motivate the players and you could see things were going quite well they brought more structures certainly in their defence um, over the last while but the 6-1 against Liverpool the 5-1 against Crystal Palace 4-1 last weekend against Bournemouth there was something amiss there and Gra- Gra- Gracia obviously wasn't fixing it Um I still, you know, ever the optimist that I am, I'm still hoping that there's like a dead poet society type situation where Sam Allardyce is taking them through a players meeting and Bielsa comes in like Mr. Keating, saying I'm going to collect my stuff, and they all get up on his water cooler saying, oh, captain, my captain, and it's all happy endings. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think think Allardyce, it it feels like a bit of a panic move. Not necessarily a white flag, but, you know, even during his press conference he was saying that West Brom, where the last job he had in the Premier League where they got relegated, he said, I wouldn't have taken that job looking back. uh, It was a COVID year, which is fair enough. But if you take that out, he's been out of the game for five years. I think the game's moved on even from his turgid tactics.
3: Like four times he's uh, taken over clubs in the Premier League and he's kept four times he's kept clubs in the division.
2: That's true. But, you know, it's horses for courses. A lot of managers have gone in. Grassi set up to make it, the team more defensive. And you've got to look at that lead squad and say they're just not, they're not able to execute that. They, they need they, to be more of a goal-scoring, yeah. cut-and-thrust team. Well, they need to stop the
3: bleeding at the back. They've been terrible in terms of conceding goals. But um, look, he's a motivator, as you say. He's in there to just, uh, with Robbie Keane in the backroom team as well, to, to get them pumped up and to, in some way, inspire them to, I don't know if inspiration works though anymore. Manchester City are just going to beat them today, three o'clock.
1: That would be Robbie Keane's boyhood club, Leeds United, is it? Leeds <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <He's laughs> United t- legend.
3: It's a cynics' corner here today.
1: It's, <laughs> a, it's, it's a sunny. I'm, I'm just very interested to see what happens. I mean, there is a situation here where Sam Allardyce loses all their games and they still stay up. So does he stay in charge? Then do you do you keep him on for next year? Do you you know throw an, another load of money into his you know his Spanish villas and that kind of stuff? I, I don't really know. Like, does he go down to the Championship if they get relegated? Does Robbie Keane stay with them next season? There's an awful lot of questions. And um, you know when you don't have a striker, you know when you know it's it's hard to get out. You get yourself well, out of this. The, mar-
3: the market, the market, he deserves whatever he's paid. Yeah, first yeah, of all, absolutely.
2: Uh, and yeah, I'm silver linings. You know, if we stay up, we stay up. If we go down, I mean, by the looks of it, we'll still be going to Cham- the Stamford Bridge next year. <laughs> we go down, so
3: um, yeah, look, it look is. It, it, it is going to be seismic though for two of those clubs because Leicester won the league what seven years ago, mm. the Premier League. Not in Forest, look, they're only back up, so. You know, they've been used to the championship, but Everton have not been relegated since 1951. And so for, say it's Leicester and Everton that go down, it's a big deal for, for those clubs. So, I mean, as you say, uh, they're, they're all so bad as each other mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, you, where are the points going to come from? One, two points, one win might be enough. We see with Wolves who are not great, West Ham are not great, Bournemouth, like a victory or two here. And you're suddenly, you're, you're free from it.
2: Launched up into the dizzy heights of 13th. And good that you mentioned the 1951 thing because Mayo fans are looking at that Everton thing thinking maybe that's an omen. Maybe that's an omen.
3: Yeah well you're, you're, really, you're really grabbing at <laughs> it out there. Uh, what else we got Premier League wise today? There's lots of matches on.
1: Yeah so uh, just to say Allardyce that game with a city a three o'clock game and it is on television as well which is unusual on a Saturday. But you would be listening of obviously you won't of course, be watching yes, yes, Just keep watch. it on in the background. Yeah. Uh, at the same time we have Bournemouth hosting Chelsea. A win will see them leapfrog the Blues into 12th. Uh, Spurs are looking for their first win in five games. They entertain Crystal Palace Aston Villa continue their drive towards the European spots they'll take on Wolves at Molyneux then the half five game sees Liverpool looking to close in on the Champions League spots they take on Brentford Interesting to hear what David Connolly feels about Robbie Keane obviously his former
3: strike partner going to Leeds and David's involved in coaching as well he's on football Saturday between three and five with
1: co Ramblers boss Shane Keegan and Johnny Ward Here at home, there are five games down for decision in the Women's National League. First up, Bohemians take on Sligo Rovers in Dalymount Park. That's at 3 o'clock. That's followed by Wexford Utes facing DLR Waves from 4. At 5 o'clock, Treaty United travel to take on Galway United, while half an hour later, it's Shamrock Rovers against Cork City. The final game of the evening is probably the pick of the games, really. That's league champion Shelburne coming up against Athlone Town. That's a 6 o'clock start. And we have one game in the men's division as well. In the Premier Division, that's Sligo Rovers taking on Dundalk. Talk. Go Connacht. Yes. Finally I got John, John Duggan to say that. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
2: brilliant. Great game last Into night. It's the semi-finals of the URC. The URC playoff semi-finals. We've conquered Belfast as Gary Weaver might say. Um brilliant. Really really happy for them. Uh, it, you know wasn't the greatest spectacle. I don't think the rugby on the show was champagne you might say, one for the purists comes to mind. But um yeah, brilliant. Really, really great to see that they can do that for Andy Friend. It felt like this might be his swan song going up to Belfast. they were, Ulster were the heavy favourites last night, there's no doubt about it, but they they really they didn't fire a shot. Even after the Alan O'Connor try, um, College just had that defensive... They were just in that defensive zone, you know? They were in that mindset, and they weren't going to let Ulster get any easy ball Um loads and loads of turnovers it's all the joke how do Ulster like their eggs poached um, (laughs) going around a few times last night Um, but it was a brilliant brilliant sort of tribute to Andy Friend from the Connacht players clearly they pulled out a performance because they care so much about them as a lot of the Connacht fans do Um, but as well it's a testament to Friend that some of the players last night that he's brought in have shown over the seasons and especially last night what they can do like Mac Hansen had a really really good game thought John Port was good as well and the name on everyone's lips today is Seamus Hurley Langton not just because it's an amazing name but because he had a phenomenal performance but he was brought in this year by friend so his eye for talent is really it's shown over the last few years and you know they're into the URC semi-final and
1: they're going to South Africa
2: they're going to South Africa yeah
1: yeah, five Jakarty penalties carrying Connacht to that 15-10 victory over Ulster last night. So they will travel to the winners of this afternoon's All-South African clash. That's between the Stormers and the Bulls. Uh, more locally, today's action, Leinster take on the Sharks at the Viva Stadium from 5 o'clock and Munster are away to Glasgow with a 25-8 kickoff at Scotstoun. The only loss in the last eight URC games for Graeme Tree's side was against the Scottish opposition that was at Thomond Park in March however Munster haven't been beaten away from home in the URC since October and they have the best defensive record in the regular season the defence coach Dennis Leamy obviously delighted with their performances in the second half of the season and he says they're not casting their minds back to that March encounter
4: I don't think we can, we'll look at it in terms of we owe them performance certainly on the night we were very disappointed with the way we played the way we turned up um so I think we probably owe ourselves a performance more so than Glasgow. Um, that night didn't reflect what what we would be about in terms of the standards we set. And um, you know, it's a great challenge going over to, to Glasgow. It really is. They're, um, they're a very very good side in terms of where they are in, in the seedings in the URC. But I think they're they're probably you you'd rate them even higher than where they're seated. And um, you know, obviously they're in a European Cup final in the next couple of weeks and. They haven't lost, I think they've lost one game since November, so it's a massive challenge and going away from home. But look, it's a challenge that we're really looking forward to and I think we can we can go there and put in a good performance.
1: Munster needs to be winning this competition sooner rather than later. Get uh, it games-wise, what we got? Cork taking on Tipperary this evening in the Munster Hurling Championship. Both sides already have one win to their name so far. Uh, we've Galway and Dublin looking to extend their unbeaten starts to the Leinster Championship as well. They face Westmeath and Wexford respectively. We've also got John McDonough Cup
3: leash uh, against Kildare and Port Leash thrown at half two. What are we looking forward to, GA-wise, this weekend, lads?
1: Um, I don't know. Looking forward to the game. This Are Wexford going to beat the Dubs? <laughs> I would. F- I would actually feel more confident that the game is in Crow Park now. It's it's quite an unusual move, I suppose, from the Dubs. Uh, you know, there is this kind of talk between the, the footballers and um, whether they should be taken out of Crow Park. And we see that the hurlers now putting themselves into Crow Park and out of Parnell Park, which is quite an unusual move. And there's kind of been split decisions on it recently. So I'll be interested to hear what our panel has to say now in a couple of minutes because I know that. For Wexford fans, definitely going up to Parnell Park. It's a, a closed-in space. It, you know, the real hardcore Dubs fans go there. It's, it, it is really one of those kind of welcome to hell kind of venues. The Dubs ultras, the Dubs <laughs> ultras, yeah, exactly. You do get them in hurling, especially, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a game I think is more open now, and I think that'll suit Wexford a little bit. Wexford's still carrying those knocks from the first couple of weeks. I know Lee Chin played last week, but he was basically having to to take freeze with his bad hand uh, at the end of the game last week as well, just because his, his shoulder was given. Issues and uh, Liam Ryan came off that day. He's named to start this evening, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of taken off as a precaution either. Damien Reck is back in, so an awful lot of the the Wexford players are kind of walking wounded at the minute, and it just shows that there's kind of too much reliance on the players that have been there since you know 2014, 15. That kind of uh, coming from that under 21, you know, success team in in the Leinster Championships, but. I think Wexford probably do have the advantage and I do think Crow Park will suit them that little bit more but Wexford just start to need to start getting wins on the board now because you know, that game against Kilkenny last week is, is really the one that they'll be focusing on. It's the one they focus on every single year but um, to give themselves that little bit more of a buffer they need to get that victory tonight.
3: Connacht's final tomorrow. I mean, look, look, I'm sorry folks but Galway and Kerry are going to win tomorrow.
1: Look, I wouldn't be like that. I think you're going to get a few
2: psycho texters getting into you here, uh, John Dugan. Uh, chief among them will be Kathleen Mcnamy, who yesterday on OTBAM was giving out about people saying, "Ah, oh, surely psycho should have just cut their losses and gone to the Talton." Oh, I don't, like I don't right agree with that. Uh,
3: but uh, Galway are Division One team against a Division Four team. That's yeah, uh, absolutely. And, like, I'm sorry, it's it's it's.
2: Good. I'd be very surprised. Well, there's the potential for an element of luck and complete surprise in those games. I don't think Shane Walsh has been. Like outstanding so far in the championship I've got to be honest uh, Comer's been brilliant but Jane Walsh you know he hasn't been up to his 2022 best yet he, need to be. he doesn't need to be I guess but it could be a game where you really rely on those talismanic players be interesting to see how Tony McIntyre sets up his side tomorrow I don't know I just I think that game is going to be a little bit closer than we think I'm really looking forward to seeing Kerry Clare because I do think that's going to be very dominant but anytime you get to see that Kerry side whether it's live or on TV is you know a treat and we should savour it while we can.
1: I, I, I think Clare need to go into this game and really just kind of let the shackles off and, and really put it up to Kerry because I don't think Tipperary tried to, to be a bit more defensive and kind of you know stop Kerry's source of attack and that kind of thing and it, it just didn't work out for them at all so I definitely think that Clare need to put it up to Kerry and really because Kerry haven't had that kind of shock that they need so far this year and we've seen the Limerick Hurlers get it in their uh, Munster Championship game last weekend and I think Kerry are kind of skating a little bit they you know let the league be the league and you know took that Tipperary game in their stride but I do think that if they get a bit of a shock tomorrow that wouldn't be the worst thing for them heading into the, the All-Ireland series either I do think Kerry are going to win but yeah. I'd like to see Clare just really put it up to him Golf News Roy McIlroy, Seamus Power have made the cuss at the Wells Fargo Championship in Charlotte, North Carolina. McIlroy scraped through on one under following a second round of 72 in North Carolina. Power, meanwhile, is on three under par. He's five shots behind the joint leaders of Nate Lashley and Wyndham Clark. Shane Larry, though, is heading home. He finished on two over par. Interestingly as well McElroy says it's a shame that Sergio Garcia Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood will not get the chance to one day captain Europe's Ryder Cup team the trio along with Richard Brand, Bland had been sanctioned by the DP World Tour for breaking their rules after joining the breakaway tour Live Golf the DP World Tour reached a statement announcing that the four players had now resigned and reaffirmed their stance that the fines of £100,000 per tournament was justified uh, McElroy was speaking following his round yesterday he says losing some key players for the Ryder Cup team going forward isn't the best but they knew what they were getting into I mean I think it's a shame right it's a shame that you've got the highest point scorer ever um, in the Ryder Cup and you know two guys that you know when they look back on their career that's probably going to be at least a a big chunk of their legacy is, is the roles that they've played in the Ryder Cup for Europe and you know for those three guys to not captain Europe one day it's it's a shame um but as the DP World Tour said in their statement, you know, it, it was at the end of the day, that was their choice. And they knew that these were potentially going to be the consequences
0: of those choices and, and, all, and of those actions. And um, here we are, but it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly a shame.
3: Time to move on, folks. Uh, Garcia, Polter in their 40s, Westwood's now 50. It's all about the new generation, and McElroy now needs to just get back to golf, I think, after the Masters. Would any
1: of them actually have been captain, though? Do you think they would have been given the honour? Um, I can't I see Sergio Garcia being a captain, now. I Well, I know he, he, it's kind of his tournament, but I don't I, I, see him I, having I, a, those leadership qualities. I think
3: Lee Westwood would definitely
1: have been a captain
3: Possibly, um, yeah. in, in the next 10 to 15 years. But what is the captaincy? <laughs> it's a revolving door, isn't it? And so there's, there's plenty of contenders. Uh, I think more, the more important thing for European golf is, is to actually have a competitive team because the last uh, tournament in, in the USA was a bit of a one-sided affair. As we got Formula One going on in Miami, we'd all love to be there, but we're not.
1: Yeah, hopes of a Mercedes revival at the Grand Prix aren't looking too good, though, following the second practice session in Florida. After topping the timesheets on the first run, George Russell had to settle for 15th place, while his fellow British driver, Lewis Hamilton, slipped from second to seventh. World champion Max Verstappen set the pace ahead of this evening's third session. Uh, that'll be before the qualifying for tomorrow's race.
3: We're hoping for an Irish win in the 2000 Guineas at Newmarket, at four o'clock
1: is the post time there. Also, action here at home, Aidan um, mm-hmm yeah 8 race card at Nace this afternoon that one is just underway while the 7 race programme at Cork is getting underway just before 2 o'clock remember on focus as you're binging on sport this weekend pick out your best performance of the weekend whether it's a player
3: manager even the ref tune into OTB's Instagram page tomorrow evening Sunday leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post if your selection matches our topic live on Monday's OTB AM you're with the chance then of winning the Gillette Labs exfoliating razor skin guard shaving gel and a refill blades pack that is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finished to your day. Are City going to win the
2: treble? <sighs> it's hard to say no. <laughs> I think in a few weeks' time Manchester United are going to get a fair old hockey in the FA Cup final. And it does feel like, although Arsenal look much better against Chelsea uh, during the week, yeah, I think City are going to win the Premier League. Real though, mm-hmm. that's the big one. And I don't know.
3: De Bruyne, I'd have been clever about De Bruyne because he's, I don't think he's in as bad a shape as maybe he could be. And I think they're keeping him fresh mm. for the rail games and I think he's the key player. Yeah, he's more so than Haaland. He's been really, really good. I the Arsenal game he was fantastic.
2: I thought and I don't understand this talk about him not being up to it this year in the season generally. I think he's been phenomenal. I really, really do. And they've found a new role for him. Like a lot of commentary around Haaland is that he's just a goal he's just a goal merchant. But if you saw him against Arsenal, he was fantastic. He was really, really good in the way him and De Bruyne linked up. I think there's the potential there for a fantastic Iniesta-Messi-type partnership that we've seen over the last couple of years. Better than anything, yeah. I really think they're going to do the treble.
1: I think that Real Madrid will stop them in the Champions League. I do think that they'll they'll march themselves to the Premier that League. Is that a failure times. then if they don't win the Champions League? Um, I think Pep Guardiola will see it as a failure. I think he, you know, it is the tournament that he made his name with at Barcelona and you know it is the tournament that he has has kind of marked in his calendar ever since he took over at City and you know to get to the final once before and and not get there I think that would really really sting him Um, I think if they, they do manage to get past Real Madrid I can't see anybody else on the other side of the draw really troubling them but I do think that Madrid are just you know as a Liverpool fan, I've come up against Real Madrid for so long in this tournament, and every single time, you think you're going to get by them, and they just find this way. They, you know, they unearth these talents from absolutely out of nowhere, and then you got the likes of Luka Modric. You know, still being one of the best players in the world, he must be nearly fifty at this stage. And you know, it's <laughs> in the last half hour, he's aged five years. Exactly. He's he just seems to get better and better as he gets older, and it's it's just one of those teams that can be a bogey team, and. I do think that Manchester United probably won't put up much of a fight in that FA Cup final, but I think two out of three wouldn't be too bad, but for Pep Guardiola, I think if if he could sacrifice the other two for the Champions League, I think he would. Okay. Aidan Delaney and Cameron Hill, thank you so much for the news round.
3: Folks, get in touch if you want during the show today, 53106, with any comments or questions you have for the panels that we have coming up. Because after the break, is a Saturday panel as we preview this weekend's Jay Hurley in action with Taggy Fogarty and TJ Ryan and Michael Fernie. Off the ball Saturday and News Talk is back after this.